podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Good evening and welcome to the Man on Football Show on the LSE Day Trippers channel. Um, for a little bit of a change, um, the best intro in the world ever is back. Um, I've made that claim to Conan just before we come on. I don't know if he agrees with me, but I know everyone in the chat thinks that that's the best intro we've ever had. Uh, do you like it, Conan? I have to say, it knocked me back in my ears. I thought, like, this boy's really giving us a big sell. And then when I was watching it, I was like, oh, Jesus. He's, he's done a bit of work on this, Yeah, actually. no, I haven't done any work on it. I got someone else to do it. Um, <laughs> a man called Mohammed Jogi from South Africa uh, does our intros. And um, that was one of the first ones he came up with. And everyone absolutely loves it. Red Steve straight away is like that tune. It's just unbelievable. Yeah, um, So uh, you've never been on this show before, Colin. Um, it's a little bit different to normal day tripper stuff where I'll tell you what the agenda is and we'll all be ready and we'll do all this. There's no rules in this. Okay. You will see references to this show where it's called Man on Football Show, but a lot of people call it Football in the World because Phil of this parish decided to call it Football in the World and hasn't shut the fuck up since. And most people call it Football in the World, but it is, of course, called Man on Football Show. Emma Cavanagh is delighted that Football in the World is back. So there you go. Um, we, we actually will end up changing it to um, Football in the World. Um, I even have it in the ticker there. Welcome to the Man on Football Show. Not football in the world um so this is how it works um we usually do two shows a week on this the one on the tours is usually a deeper dive into a certain a certain um genre i suppose in football or certain stories so we've done zidane we've done uh the brazilian ronaldo we've done um, barcelona we've done all sorts of deeper looks into them monday night is talk about whatever you want in football we take two jumping off points usually um and then the chat tell us all weird, mad stuff, and we talk about it, look it up, and realise that they're not allowed to tell lies to us. So that's how it works. <laughs> so what I wanted to start off with Conan was that we've two things. One um, is bad refereeing shouts, and that came into my mind because of the Diogo Jota incident at the weekend, and a lot of people getting very upset, including Darren Ambrose for some reason. Neil Warner. <laughs> Crawled out of his hole and decided to come on to uh, news or whatever that sports talk thing is, uh, talk sport. And I think it was and had a right go about it um, because obviously everyone should listen to Neil Warnock apparently when it comes to Liverpool. And I wanted to see, can you remember any really bad ones that may have affected you or may not, or you just looked at it and thought of amusement. And the second thing is... um, Magic returns, so players, managers, wherever it might be that return to football clubs and it's actually worked out and because most of them don't, most of them are romantic notions and they don't. And then the chat come in and they will talk about football, they will talk about food, they will talk about anything at all and we have to answer them and give an honest opinion. <laughs> Is that all right with you? That sounds great to me. It's a lot of pressure on the chat, to be honest. I feel like we're absolving ourselves from any pressure for the show. It's up to everybody else to tell us what to talk about. 
Yeah, but we put pressure on ourselves for the other fucking 39 shows we do a month. Yeah. So I think <laughs> they, they should come in and help us out once um, a month or twice a month. Um, so, they, But they will. We, we, we've we talked about white pudding and beans on toasted sandwiches and all sorts of stuff um, in the last while. That was one of the biggest ones. So it will, we will come around to them. They come up with some mad stuff. Can I ask you though what you thought of um, Cameroon against uh, Comoros tonight? Um, Comoros had to start with a left back and goal because all their goalkeepers had COVID and they went down to 10 men and they nearly pulled it back they ended up being beaten 2-1 by Cameroon um, the AFCON is great isn't it <laughs> you know what I think is amazing I don't think a lot of Liverpool fans have realised that the AFCON is back next year as well so just after all the 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 shit thrown around and all the worries about transfers and you know you thought you might have got a year reprieve it's back baby it's back next year but it's all in the summer so maybe you will get a, a bit of a reprieve from it but i thought it was lucky when i looked it up i couldn't believe it's like geez those poor fuckers like you know they they deserve a break i see everybody celebrating tonight because nabi is back he's coming back home but um yeah like it's it, it, it's it's a bonkers tournament it's I don't know does that sort of feed into it like some of the the madness that's happening with the officiating and the, as you say the left back one of the goals anything can happen in the Afcon like it can happen on this show tonight Gav yeah and listen um, Gav have you dyed your beard silver fox no it's it's all gone grey everything is gone grey man um, I don't want to go too far into it but um, everything is going grey um, it's called getting old I am old and no I don't I wouldn't dye my beard if you fucking paid me um, cop on podcast <laughs> with a quick question he says I had some roast chicken flavoured crisps yesterday is that acceptable is that acceptable I think that's 100% acceptable yeah the only I saw um, I don't know what brand it was I saw ham and cheese crisps the other day and thought that is fucking ridiculous like I think if it's a uh, like a sort of, like a roast chicken, a roast beef. I think you get away with that, but we can't we can't start going down the ham route. I don't think yeah. that fits with crisps. Usually, usually when this dodgy shift from crisps comes along, Lineker is involved, isn't he? Like he's doing some sort of fucking <laughs> competition, and you have to send in twelve empty packets of whatever and vote for your favorite flavor, and it's like fucking you know curry fucking chips flavor and stuff like that. It's, it gets ridiculous. What do you go for? Like if you if you're getting a packet of crisps, like what's your default? It depends. Am I putting it on bread? Oh, fuck. Do you know what? I, I don't like crisp on bread. Mm. It doesn't work. Like The textures aren't right. No, it uh, doesn't. Honestly, you can quote me on this. It, it, it's shit. Oh, I don't, I don't need to quote you. I love it. Eat the bread. Eat the bread. Bread's grand itself. Have a nice yeah. sandwich. And then have the crisps to finish it off. Yeah, but why would you just sit there with a plain bit of bread and then finish that and eat crisps? Why not just put them together? Saves time. It's fine. No, yeah. you see, you see, it, it absolutely works. If you if if you put enough butter on the bread, right, um, that the bread doesn't feel dry, but it's not over overbearing on the crisp, right, you're absolutely fine. My favorite is batch bread with uh, loads of butter and salt and vinegar king crisps. That would yeah, be my. It sounds like you're just trying to drown out the crisp now. Like you know, get a thicker bread, get get as no, much well, butter. No, batch isn't that thick. It's, but the butter is amazing with the bread with the with the crisps. I it think you have to go to bread. Go go bread, have crisps, and then always have chocolate after your crisps. These people who have chocolate before crisps are mental. Yeah, but didn't they do um didn't they do a bar of chocolate a while ago or was it was it a bar of chocolate? Where Tato and Cabri's cheese and onion, together. cheese and onion chocolate. Unbelievable yeah. Yeah. what they're doing. It's crazy. Yeah. No, I agree with you there. Like I am not I'm not big into that, but um 
<laughs> Garmax says he doesn't like crisps on bread. Get him off. <laughs> I've come in hot for this one. Yeah, <laughs> come in hot. Yeah, this is the, this, I should be on talk sport with these sort of hot things. <laughs> yeah, you and Darren Ambrose sitting there eating plain bits of bread. <laughs> uh, two miserable fuckers. Um, no, listen, uh, crisps on bread is fine. Uh, roast chicken flavored crisps, I'm okay with. I just don't like when they stack on down the absolute weird route. Like, completely and utterly weird. Um, it's not good. Um, Anthony, Anthony Martial is confirmed as going to Sevilla on loan for the rest of the season, it looks like, which is a strange one. Um, he's wanted out there for a long time. But can I ask you about, I don't think I've ever talked to you about this, and it's a long time ago now, but I'll bring it up. Thierry Henry's handball in oh, uh, the start of France against Ireland, right? Because this is yeah. a bad, bad refereeing call um, that we'd start off with. And if anyone has any more, throw them in. But, um, are you over that? <laughs> Are you over Saipan 2002? I was over it while well, it was going on, to be honest with you. All right. That, that was a really bad... Uh, you know when people say... Uh, no, the, you could probably say, are you win? over the time Stephen Gerrard slipped on his arse when we were on the course? The <laughs> yeah, well, there you go. No, yeah, probably well, not. But, but the Thierry Henry stuff was mad, wasn't it? It was crazy. Like I still like I remember every single minute of that second half. Um, I was in Ireland Belfast. Ireland that night as well. I, I I was in Belfast in college at the time, and um, I remember watching it. There was four of us, and one, one guy, Northern Ireland supporter. We called him Protestant Dave. We live with him, and uh, he, <laughs> okay. he, but hey, lovely fella. <laughs> like we were watching, he was rooting. He was rooting for France, the scumbag. Like and uh, <laughs> could not could not believe. Like I was sick to the stomach. Like Ireland, it was actually one of the best I've ever seen Ireland play. Yeah, they were unbelievable. And, yeah, I remember back then they weren't that good. Keith Andrews and Glenn Whelan were amazing that night. Yeah. I remember Keith Andrews especially. And then when it happened, like just couldn't believe. And then Protestant Dave and Ferniston played a blinder. The next, the next day, we I think we woke up from the night out or whatever night before, and he had an Henri shirt hanging on the wall. Okay. He had a Barcelona Henri shirt. Jeez, he had it ready and all. Um, and yeah. Dicko says there's some sad news coming out of Cameroon. Six people have died in what looks like a stampede outside the stadium. I think. Yeah. Um, it must have been before or, you know, in around the, the Cameroon game, which is extremely sad and overshadows the game itself and possibly the tournament. Um, yeah. But we had to read that out because it's it's not good. Um, but but the Henri stuff, do you know what annoyed me the most about the Henri stuff? It's not the handball. It's the fact that he sits down in the centre circle with Richard Dunn after. Yeah. No, if, no, if I'm, I, if I'm no, Richard I Dunn, like I'm Dunn. absolutely going through him. No, Rich, that was Richard Dunn's fault. I can see, if I was on Rhea, I would do the same. Like, you know, try to curry favour with somebody, try to see that, you know, look, I'm not a bad guy, totally. Uh, Richard Dunn should have told him to fuck off. Like, he, he let him sit there and chatted away to him. Like, I, mm. I, I would never have done that. Like, he never yeah. sat there talking to him. And the, the word out of it was that the French, the French restaurant was fairly quiet after. You know, they knew what had gone on. They knew what was going to come out afterwards with regards to it. Um, and, like... I remember afterwards, like Ireland going absolutely mental. Like there were, there were, there was like protests outside the French embassy and everything in Dublin. Yeah, it the rule, rule thirty three. Remember, we're, we're protesting. Oh, actually, official yeah, protest. We wanted to be in a thirty third team. Yeah. <laughs> just, just throw us in any group. We don't mind which one it is. Just throw us in any <laughs> yeah, group. We won't cause a fuss. We'll be out after the group stage anyway. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah, we won't cause a big deal. We just tore up for three games and we'll have a bit of laugh just leave us to it um, Brian Murphy says one awful decision that might have cost us the league in 08-09 this is Liverpool related was Howard Webber at Old Trafford United nil Spurs 2 in the second half gives the United a shocking penal decision United score Spurs collapse and lose 5-2 um, that's kind of gone out of my memory I think the same season isn't that the one where 
that guy scores against Villa. Actually, against Villa in the last minute. What was his name? Makeda? Federico Makeda. Federico Makeda. He scored bloody twice against Villa in, in two different games as well. He scored a screamer that time. That was that was peak Villa at Old Trafford then. Like, you know, just yeah. always beating United and they can never get the job done. But um, it's funny that that came up, like that United decision, because a year later was one of the lowest points in my life. <laughs> this, is, this is how sad it is to be a Villa fan. Villa were in the League Cup final against United. And uh, like Bonnehor goes through, Vittage brings him down, straight through in goal, and he doesn't give him a red card. Villa scored a penalty, they go 1 0 up, sure, mm. but I, I still remember Permar and O'Neill looking at his face, and you could see him mousing, it has to be red, it has to be red. Mm. And they didn't give him the red, would have changed everything. That, that. And like you know, O'Neill was gone then a few months later, Villa, look, look, we all know what happened then, but um, yeah, I think that was a big sort of sliding doors moment. The one, um, there's another Liverpool one in here. He said the offside away to City in 13 14. Sterling is three yards on side. That's right. Liverpool are away at Man City. Suarez mm-hmm. sticks Sterling through, scores, and he, like he's literally three yards on side. Um, it's, yeah, it, when you see the still of it, it's absolutely unbelievable. And the referee puts the put, or the linesman puts his flag up. Uh, Graham Powell, two or three yellows that was against Croatia. Was that cro- against Croatia? Oh, yeah, that's, yeah, that's was right. That yeah. Was that 2010? The Wolf up in South Africa, oh, the one we weren't at because we've Ron Ree. Yeah, 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 yeah. The one we, the, if we'd have been in that group, Graham Powell would have been Grant. Um, <laughs> yeah. We would have been appealing for a 17th team to go through to the knockout runs. Yeah, yeah. Can we not ju- just let us ha- hang on here and just keep going through and see what <laughs> happens? But um, yeah, the, that one for Sterling was absolutely crazy. It wasn't the, it was a strange one, I feel it as well. Um, was it last season? The goal line, the, like the, the Orient Island carried like against Sheffield United, it was the yes. first game. The very first game after lockdown, like Villa, I don't know who decided to put Villa Sheffield United on as the, yeah. as the big curtain raiser for the season coming back. And Nyland was oh, like one of the worst keepers I've ever seen. Like, a couple of games later, he throws, he tries to throw the ball out to the left and he throws it to Jota to the right. He tried to throw it to the left and it dropped in front of Jota to the right. Jota <laughs> blazed it over, thankfully, but. Um, but yeah, he carried the ball into the net against Wolves and then leaned against the post, the inside of the post, and the goal line technology wasn't turned on. <laughs> and, and didn't Villa stay up and some, was a chef, who went down? Burnmouth went down by a point, yeah, so this That's is the right. thing, like, you know, Villa got a point that game. Yeah, yeah. So officially, well, that that obviously did yeah. help, but... And do you Villa reckon that they hadn't, got the, they hadn't switched on the, the goal line technology? Yeah, they made an announcement at halftime, though, saying it's been switched on now, so yeah. I don't know what everyone's complaining about. Apparently, you went back into the, into the dressing room and was like, oh... I better knock that watch on. Yeah, um, you know, so he he knocks it on. But um, yeah, that 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 was a mad one. That was a mad one. Um, talking about people coming back. Um, and we'd, we'd start with Villa because you know Gerard is in there. I want to get your thoughts on him so far. Um, why not? Because you're a Villa fan. Um, he's brought in Coutinho, who was a former Liverpool player coming back to the Premier League after being very very good in the Premier League, and still being linked with Luis Suarez as well. Um, Conan, if you can get Luis Suarez into your life for six months, get him into your life, man. It'll be the best six months you'll ever have because he's an absolute headbanger. But he's a brilliant, brilliant, brilliant footballer. What have you made of Gerard and the, the the signing so far, and the possibility that he's still trying to move on on Luis Suarez? Um. Well, like firstly, yeah, like everybody, everybody loves Gerard. <laughs> like you know, they're um they're raving about him. Like he has his. It sounds so simple and it's not, you know, but the main thing he's brought is just that the standards, like, you know, like 
even the way he talks, because like, he commands respect as well. Like, the way he walks, like you know, yeah. he, he, the yeah. way he carries himself is somebody you would follow. But he was talking there the other day about these signings that he brought in, and he just said the players here need to accept that I'm going to improve this club in every area of it. Mm-hmm. Why isn't somebody saying that? Like you yeah. know, and he believes that that's what he's going to do, and yeah. that's what he's spending every hour doing. Um, and he said, if somebody comes in in your place. Then you just have to accept it, fight for your place, get on with it, and and fight for some game time. And like, that's like for Villa fans, that's just like yes, like here we go. Like I, I was on here talking about loving Dean Smith. I think when he got sacked, I was like, oh, I don't know who they're going to mm. who they're going to bring in or whatever. And like Smith did a great job, but then maybe after being there for such a long time, maybe formed a better relationship. Maybe players were comfortable. Maybe like you know, yeah. players got Curry favored, but. With Gerard now, it's just like here's the standard. None of you are at it yet, <laughs> like you know. So um, Suarez is on the table, even though I would look at that and think, well, we already have Watkins, we have Ings. Obviously, he still takes Suarez, but it's just not. It feels like a cherry on top signing. Like we just have so many other areas to fix. And in fairness to Gerard, it, the signing so far have been perfect. Like Villa, the 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 glaring thing for the last year is they needed a left back and they needed a defensive midfielder. So we still needed a defensive midfielder and they're, they tried to get Basuma, didn't pay enough money and they've moved on and they're looking like they're getting Bentecur now from Juventus. Well, mm-hmm. that's that's the talk at the minute. 16 million, but, I think, is the price on that. Yeah, look at Dina, no, no hanging around. If they had to wait it one extra week, that doesn't happen because Benitez is gone and like yeah. everything changes at everything. But they, they got it. And then, sorry, and then on top of that, bringing in Villa needed another attacking dimension. It wasn't a... A critical area, but then bringing Coutinho into it is it's just magic. Like you know, and then it's already made Buendia a better player. It's helping Gerard play the way he wants to play. They've got a bit of character as well, which they haven't had. I think I mentioned this before when we talked about Gerard. They've got they they don't wilt like they used to, which is probably what you'd expect from somebody like Gerard managing. The thing with Gerard for me is, and and he's always going to interest. Like you know, he's he's down as one of the greatest players that's ever played for Liverpool, and you know. No matter how how anti Liverpool you are, you have to look and go what a fucking player he was because yeah. he was just outrageous. Um, like he was so fucking good, and probably deserved to play in some better teams than he did at Liverpool. But the goals he scores and the the performances and you know some people do look back to the time when he could he have left and Chelsea and this that, but that was at a time where he was looking going, well, what are you going to do like? Are you going to give me the deal? And where are we going? Because that's a big thing in contracts. Now, when you look at the, the, the likes of Alisson, Fabinho, um, Virgil van Dijk, whoever signed those deals at Liverpool during the summer, um, or between the summer and now, they're all looking saying, is Salah staying? You know, are we bringing in players? Because everyone wants to know how they're going to develop, particularly at that stage of their career where this is probably my last big contract. You know, my last big one before I probably move on and might want to go home to whether it's, you know, Holland or, or wherever it might be, Brazil. Yeah. And, you know, when when you look at it, um, that's that's what that's what players want. They want to see what's going on. And, and when you look at Gerrard at that time around at, at Liverpool, he was probably right to push the club a little bit. But that's held against him a tiny, tiny bit. He finishes up 
he's treated horrendously by Brendan Rodgers, in my opinion. You know, there, there's no reason for Brendan Rodgers not to give him a one-year extension on his deal and say, listen, you mightn't play as much, but you're huge at this club. And Brendan Rodgers wanted, Brendan Rodgers' ego wanted only Brendan Rodgers to have an ego at that club or or any standing at that club. And he was quite happy for Gerrard to go, in my opinion. Gerrard goes off to LA for 18 months or whatever it is. And it's actually, it's actually sad to watch um, mm-hmm. when he's over there because... He's clearly so much better than everyone over there, but you can see the motivation has gone out of him once he's not competing for everything at Liverpool. He comes back and he's at Liverpool and, and he's coaching and, and he's, he openly says how much he's learned from Benitez, from, from Julier and things, and even Klopp in a short space of time. But when, but the thing is, when he gets offered the Rangers job, it's interesting you mentioned standards. Rangers are upside down at the time when he goes yeah. for that job, right? And he, from what I've, from, from what I've read and heard, is Steven Gerrard went into that club and went, listen, I'm not coming into what this mess is. I'm, I'll come in because it is a mess, but I'll come in. But standards go up the day I come in and they stay at the level I want them. And he wanted everything right at Rangers. And he said, look, if you're not willing to do that, I'm the wrong man for you. Get someone that'll say yes to you. And he goes in and in fairness, they book up their ideas and they're brilliant under him. You know, they should probably win two league titles. Um, but he win one. He 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 gets way too zealous after a, a game, a win at Celtic Park in the New Year derby, and he's shouting into cameras and stuff, and he'll never do that again. Yeah, as a manager, he learns from that in a big way, and they 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 trounced the league last season. And you're saying about standards, I, I that's the least I expect from Steven Gerrard now, Conan. That's being honest. With you. He'll go in there, and he will just look at no matter what who the player is and go, if I can find someone better than you, I will. And I don't care yeah. who you are. Like, I'll put it to this way. If if you went into Aston, if he went into Aston Villa tomorrow and named the best player Aston Villa player in the last 20 years, name him. Name the best player in Aston Villa in the last Jack Grealish. Okay. So if he goes in there tomorrow and or goes in there and so on, Jack Grealish is there. And he feels Jack Grealish isn't pulling his way. He'll he'll just end Jack Grealish. That'd be it. He'll go, he will bring in Coutinho and go, I'll get him to do it. And I'll, I'll he he's done it way more than you have. And that's his standards and he has massive, massive standards because that's the standards he's held himself to for his whole career. And I think that's a huge thing in football. And he's, look, he's touted to be the next Liverpool manager after Klopp leaves. And I think if he continues on the way he is, I think Liverpool will come calling. And no matter what club he's at, he'll come and go manage Liverpool. That's just the way it is, right? But I've, I'm a bit... <laughs> Is he good enough? Is he not good enough? His standards absolutely are. And I think what he's done at Villa so far has been really impressive because the Coutinho signing gives him time. It's a good signing, but it gives him time. It doesn't heap a load of pressure on him. You know, spending 50 million on a number 10, he hasn't done that. Yeah. Luca Dean is a really good one. Really good one because he's the sort of left back you want. Good going forward. Really good left foot. Solid defensively. Um, and... I'm just really interested to see how he gets on. I really am because, uh, like this season, it's a learning curve from. What do you? What would you like to see from him going into next season? Already looking forward to that because they'll be fine in the Premier League. What does he? What does he have to do for you? Because I think he's had a brilliant start. Well, and, like, he, and he's winding up Everton fans as well. He's just he's having a <laughs> yeah with them as well. But, but like that, that's part of the package. Like you have to consider like when did he come? November? Like he's, he's weeks that he's been there basically, mm-hmm. and. Already, right? If Gerard left today, like you're talking about him being the next Liverpool manager, mm-hmm. if Gerard left today, Villa are in a better place, right? It's, the team is already better. The squad looks stronger. Yeah. The mentality of the place 
is different. I don't mean just from the players, and the, but it's mostly the players, like where everybody, everybody realizes standard. No, like Gerard's talking about uh, his first six games. They only won three matches. He doesn't want he doesn't want that to be a pattern with Aston Villa. He doesn't want to be winning matching and losing a match. And we were sort of thinking, <laughs> welcome to Villa, mate. Like, you know, get used to it. He's not getting used to it. And now the fans, like all of the fans, have their chest puffed out a bit more. And it's a bit more like I think Aston Villa fans would have always said, like, we're a big club, we're massive. We won the Champions League back in eighty two and you know, like but I don't know. If you had to scratch the surface there, I don't know how stable that ground was. Whereas now, with Gerard only being there a few weeks, there's definitely a lot more confidence around the place. So much so that, like, you know, a few weeks ago, people would have been worried about Ollie Watkins and talks of Arsenal and and other teams. And now it's just like you have all the confidence in the world that you get anybody else in. And actually, the way it is now at the minute, Watkins is the sort of person who people are saying he needs to do more, he needs to score more, because everybody else is having to contribute. My target, yeah. out of the but team. That's it, that's, is that the comfort level thing? Because if you have the likes of an Ollie Watkins or, or you know, a midfielder, whoever it might be, you know, people are saying that Dina is far from solid defensively, Gav, as is Aiden. Yeah, I think he's really good in the team that Gerard will look to play because the emphasis on Dina will be to get forward and supply, and they'll protect him as much as he can if he needs to be. I think he's I think he's okay, Dina. Um, I just think we've watched him. I think we've watched him under a flailing Everton side over the last couple of years. I think he's absolutely fine. I think he's a great signing. But you talked about they don't wilt. They don't. Is that does that? Does that feed into the fans as well? Because, you know, I've seen Villa over the last 10 years probably and you see them go a, go a goal down away from home and you go, that's the game over. And yeah. even, at, even at Villa Park where you go, you get one nil up against them, hold them out for 15, they get a bit frustrated and you probably pick them off two or three. And now when you look at Villa, you go, they're never out of a game. Yeah, and the fans turn as well. Like some, I always say, Villa Park can be the best place, but like very quickly can be the worst place. And I've seen some bad Villa players over the years, and they don't cope with Villa Park when the fans turn on them. Like just a just a groan from the whole end or whatever it is. But but when you have a manager like Gerard there, who's so sure of himself, that just feeds into the rest of it. Then like he he's not worried about a fan groaning. Like you know, and and actually what it's doing then is that the fans are just more supportive of the whole the whole setup and he's barking orders more I'm the first game I remember him screaming at John McGinn like I I, I didn't know what to expect I hadn't been watching him at Liver or at Rangers I saw mm. I saw he he went unbeaten in a season and I couldn't believe that people were like oh well it's a Scottish league it's like well, he went unbeaten like what do you want them to do it's like people trying to slag Henrik Larson for scoring 57 goals like how many fucking yeah. goals do you want them to score yeah. like a good striker scores a lot of goals a good manager goes unbeaten um and he was roaring at John McGinn just because he was drifting out of position. He just saw him simple like yeah. that. And I thought, okay, actually, he's got an eye for detail that I didn't know he had. And yeah, like I saw an interview of Ben Mee recently. I don't know why he was watching a Burnley player being interviewed, but he was going through some of the teams. I think he was doing a word association thing. And Aston Villa came up and he said, unpredictable. That was the word. That's the word that he used of Aston Villa. And it's just exactly what you're saying. Villa could be class in their day, sort of. You know, a tricky, a tricky opponent. But once you get a goal, they're buried. Everybody just sort of throws a towel in. But now, after two signings and a few weeks of training and and introducing these players and beating and competing, be, beating teams and competing with the best teams, like there's so many more options now, and everybody's sort of fighting for that place that he's already talking about, and they're still trying to sign more players. 
the the thing you, <clears throat> the thing you're talking about with John McGinn, I think it's the, I think his first game is at home to Brighton. Yeah, and they win up two 0 I think two nil. I think Brighton yeah. are probably the better side overall possession wise, yeah. but I think Watkins scores and yeah, Young goes in that run from the box and he sets up Watkins and then it's a it's a second, second from this is the centre half. Mings does Mings get the second? Yeah, he does. It's a it's a it's a half volley of his right foot actually. Yeah, it kind of gets right gets yeah. played out. It kind of gets saved and knocked out him on the right hand side. Yeah, buries, yeah. But but the thing you uh, I watched that game. It was a Saturday three o'clock, and or it might have been a bit earlier, but I definitely watched it. And he is shouting him again because you can see him on camera shouting him again. Yeah. And I think what he was saying, what what he was trying to get him again for was McGinn kept going to get involved. Yeah. Off fullbacks for the ball. And what Jared was trying to say to him was, stop doing it. Because yeah. what, what he wanted to do was, he didn't want McGinn to be the first pass from a fullback. He wanted to, to be the second pass. And the reason being, if, uh, I don't know, was playing Douglas Louise or someone was playing in there with him, right? He, what he was saying was, if he goes and gets the ball and turns out and gives it to you, you're in more space in a more central part of the pitch to be able to hit balls, which he was hitting over the back of fullbacks. And that's what Jared was crying at. Jared was saying, why do you keep coming in short to these fullbacks? Because all you're doing is boxing yourself in. And we're having to play four and five and six more passes to get you where we want to get you. He has got, an, he has got attention to detail because um, anyone, I, anyone I've read about or anything I've read about Jared is he's obsessed with the game like he's obsessed with the game you know um, like Jamie Carragher used to be obsessed with the game but he was a real it was a real case of knowing loads about the game lo- knowing loads about all different stuff where Jared is really tactically really switched mm. on and, and wants to learn and, and goes through every minute detail and um, when you when you when you link that with the standards he sets the will to win and what he expects it's it's um it's a great it's a great recipe because the amount of former England players I've listened to on podcasts and they go, who was the best he played with? And they go, oh, Gerrard was ridiculous. Gerrard used to, and Crouch talked about it all the time and I heard, um, I actually heard Jay Botroy talk about it and very similar stories where they'd say, he gets a ball and he wraps a ball into him 20 yards like a ridiculous thundering speed and he expects you to, to just kill that dead and play. And if you don't, he's looking at you going, don't. Look at look at me about the pass. Yeah. You're the one receiving it. The pass is at you. I don't care how quick it is. If you want me to feather it into you, we're going to lose possession. And and that's what he was like. And Peter Crouch said the amount of players he's seen wilt. In, yeah, I remember that coming, in, actually, coming yeah. into Liverpool and he's whacking balls into you. And if you can't control him, he's nearly looking at you with disdain. You know the sort of way. Yeah. Um, so it's you know what I think he'll do very well. I think. It'll be interesting in two years' time if Klopp does leave Liverpool and where Gerrard is, if he's still at Villa and he's still doing well, because I do believe if Liverpool go for Gerrard, no matter what club he's at, I think they'll get him. You know, um, it, it's just a case of, we just know he wants to, he wants to manage Liverpool. You know, he's, he's open, he said it. Um, but I, I, enjoyed, I enjoyed talking to um, Villa there and, and, and uh, Gerrard. Um, any other you know, people in the chat, Throw me some mad refereeing decisions that we can talk about. Throw me some returns to certain to clubs that you've seen players and managers do that worked out really well. And if you want to ask us about crisps, you can absolutely do that as well because we do what we want on this show. Let's be honest about it. Um, but bad. Did you think the pen was a penalty on Jota the other day? I might as well ask you. Ah, uh, like did, did you? Like I, I don't, I don't no. think so. Like no, I got. 
I, actually, the thing that annoyed me most about that whole incident was the commentary that just didn't <laughs> seem to pick up on Trent Alexander Arnold's pass. Yeah, like, like if you, if you can't get excited about a, a right back at right back yeah. intercepting the ball and from that position setting up a goal chance with one touch, yeah. if you can't get excited about that, like piss off. He's like, a ridiculous just, footballer, isn't he? Yeah, it's all it's it's, it's stupid stuff and. um yeah, like even when he slowed it down, I don't know. I don't know why the VAR is asking you to go look at it to start off with. And I don't know why referees have gotten into this habit of just accepting when the VAR tells him to go over. We all know now mm. he's going to give it, but why does he not just go over and look? He now has the exact same information mm. as what the VAR has. Like they both watch the replay. He can look at it and be like, "Jesus, mate, are you serious?" Like, no, I'm not giving that. He he didn't. He doesn't give it, and VAR say to him obviously say to him listen you need to go and look at that he's, he's made contact with the player have a look and he goes over and then he gives it and um, Johnny Burrell says no way a penalty uh, Jota jumped into him says Kieran B um, you know the ghost goal got, well the ghost goal is the Garcia. Garcia one um, yeah. do you remember they were doing um, reconstructions of that and everything with um, <laughs> AI intelligence and fucking all sorts yeah. of going on um, but, but I think I, I think Jota moves towards the goalkeeper and I think the keeper hits him. Um, where the ball is and if it's out or not is immaterial. That doesn't matter. It's it's all about the collision and is it intentional or not. And the referee, for some reason, does think it is, does think it's a penalty. Do you, do you know what one always stands out to me, though? Um, do you remember Raheem Sterling for City a couple of years back against Shakhtar Donetsk? He's, he goes in the box and he goes to kick the ball, completely misses it, kicks the ground, goes on the ground, hits the deck and he's given a penalty. You'll have to narrow it down when it comes to Sterling. Yeah, I know, yeah, but this one, this one was outrageous. <laughs> this one was like, he, he goes in the box, he's running. Your man's like, your man's chasing, but he's not close to him. He goes to hit the ball. Oh, do kicks, you remember this? Kicks yeah. the ground about a foot in front of, behind the ball. Screams on his way down. Hits the ground and he gives a penalty. And not only that, Sterling, like, doesn't even have the class to stand up and go, listen, I kicked the ground. He doesn't. He takes the fucking penalty. He's like, yeah, yeah, it's a penalty. You know what I mean? And and people are like, oh my God, that is absolutely ridiculous. So I was trying to get people in the chat to tell us mad stuff. Uh, aluminium says, um, butter, crisp spread and football in that order. Gotta love the Irish perspective and priorities for the talk show. Yeah, but you see, that's the thing. When it comes to this show, we'll talk football. We've talked Villa. We've talked Ireland, France. And then we can talk about crisps. I don't see the problem. <laughs> no, and, and nobody that's come on this show has seen a problem with it. Nobody's come off this show and went, "What the fuck are we talking about, Chris?" For um, <laughs> they, they seem okay with it. So uh, I don't know if we get loads of complaints, we might stop. But I don't think we will. I really don't think we will. Um, yeah, that 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 Man City one was bad. That was a bad one. I'm trying to think of any more. Can you think of any more good ones? Well, what about the what about the Cavani offside at the weekend? Like that? Like when when you see. Fans of either side pulling out uh, their compasses and <laughs> their protractors and they're drawing lines on the pitch, you know. Like, oh, no, that's the best one. Did you ever see when people freeze frame on the TV and they put a ruler up to the TV? Yeah. Yeah, the, I love that stuff. That's is, how you do. When I looked at it initially, I was like, guy, ah, it looks offside. And then, like, people are like taking that little line from the box and pulling it down, but yeah. not realizing that the line on the pitch, you know, the natural color yeah. of the pitch, when it cha- like, that's no change from the box. And like, look, I'm getting into it now as well. I'm yeah. drawing lines on the screen. Like, I need yeah. to stop. Yeah. Come here. Can I ask you, the, um, the, the other one a couple of weeks ago, um, in the cup, was it the cup? It was Villa and United. Um, did they disallow a Villa goal? 
Fucking right, they did. Um, hang on, I, me- I remember being completely incensed by this. There's been not many Villa games recently. Oh, the I don't, I don't think. I don't think. Uh, am I right in saying most Villa fans weren't incensed that the goal didn't stand? It was just a how far back and how much of the shit they were looking at. Oh, but no nonsense. The goal should have stood. Like the like absolute joke of carry on. Like like on both counts that they uh, they spent three three and a half minutes. I think it was the longest ever check. They checked if Ollie Watkins was offside. And then the guy had to say to him, Ollie Watkins didn't touch it, mate. And I was like, well, fucking check somebody else. Is Danny Ings offside? <laughs> and then they take Danny Ings. Yeah. I was like, no, he's not offside. And it's like, is there a handball? <laughs> is anybody, like, has anybody handballed? They check handballed and nobody handballed. And then they went out to Edinson Cavani charging in, the same way Jada charged into the keeper. Edinson Cavani charged into Jacob Ramsey, who's standing there. I saw Chris Brack in the, in the comments there asking, can you take... Jacob Ramsey to Liverpool. Fuck off. Like, no way. That's not happening. <laughs> but, yeah. but then they give, they give a penalty. Or no, they disallowed a goal because Cavani's dives at the edge of the box and n- neither of them were involved in the goal. So, so you're still upset over it? <laughs> Is that what <laughs> I was trying to say? <laughs> yeah, you're still upset. Uh, Ali A says, Gav, did you see Harvey Elliott went to Blackburn today to say thanks for everything from last season when he was on loan at them? Yeah, I did see that. Harvey Elliott is due back for Liverpool in the next couple of weeks. What do you make of Harvey Elliott? Uh, he's, a, he's, a, he's a baller, isn't he? And like, do you know what? Um, for a young lad and stuff like that. And I know, we, we, was he getting a bit of heat for like tweeting a lot after he, he got injured? I think it was a... Was he being a bit too classy? I remember at the time people were like, "All right, like you know, just just be quiet." Now I remember it sort of turned a little bit very briefly. But I think he gets ever- injured and he, and he and he does an Instagram post when he's in the hospital to say he's okay and good stuff. And then I see him probably one or two, and then I really didn't hear of him until this is it. until this he is was it. reported back that he was back in some sort of training. Yeah, no, not force team training, but just back in rehab. I suppose I've I've probably only seen about four or five things from him in four months. Oh, and this is what I'm going to say. Like, so a young lad, he was doing, he was flying. He's obviously a class footballer. And then I thought, oh, he's just going to be injured and just, you know, on social media all day, like whatever, you can do what you want. But then he just, like, I, I did see a couple of clips from a Liverpool account where he's just doing all this work on these, like, bouncing materials, you know, to try and strengthen his leg up. And he must have just been living in the gym and the rehab center. And, like, I can't believe he got him back so quickly, like, to a point where he's training with the first team again. Oh, he's due uh, back now for the cup game. So obviously, obviously he's a class footballer, but more importantly, he obviously has some bit of stuff behind him as well and good backbone. I can't wait to see him back because um, I thought he was flying um, when he gets injured at that time. I thought he, I literally think it would have been very hard to leave him out at Liverpool side, and I include when everyone was fit. That's how good he was playing. Yeah, um, because he look. I don't know. I don't even know if he had an assist. I don't know if he got a goal. But the way he was playing and the space and the under the space he was opening for people and the understanding he was getting with, in particular Mo Salah and and Trent was was outrageous and and Liverpool just had an extra dimension to him. And what a bonus! Like just dropped into that midfield three and suddenly yeah. he's lighting it up. Yeah, because when it came to pre-season, you seen him in the midfield three quite a bit, and you went, yeah, you actually seen it, and you thought to yourself, he's going out on loan because he's not getting into that. Front <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're putting him into midfield to give him games and. You won't see him. And then all of a sudden it was like, Oh, he's starting. Oh, nice one. And um, you know, he, he was and he was he was great. He, and like he, he didn't look out of it physically, um, you know, up and down the pitch, you know, taking tackles. Like he they played um Burnley early in the season. And when I say they kicked him from Bill at the post, some of the tackles were outrageous on him. And he just got up, just got up and gave it as good as he got. 
And um, <clears throat> to see him get injured was really bad. But to see him back now, he's due back. I hope to see him play against Cardiff. And, you know, he's a young lad. He seems to be classy enough. And um, he's a he's a big, big talent. You know, you were talking about Jacob Ramsey there. like, And I, I know a lot of people rate him highly. But um, Harvey Elliott, to me, looks a, just a proper, proper player. Pat Moynihan says, Gav, do you remember Tato Pub Crisps bring them back? Yes, I absolutely do. You can get a version called Manhattan Pub Crisps now, which are outrageous as well. Um, you remember crisps. Ghosties? Like, they're oh, like banjo. Yeah, oh, hold on. Now we're in a rabbit hole. Hold on. Yeah, yeah, ghosties. Yeah, smoky bacon What's flavor. Them? They keep bringing back banshee bones, but they don't bring back ghosties. Ghosties were infinitely better. Well, banshee bones, ba- banshee bones were salt and vinegar flavor. Ghosties were smoky bacon flavor. Yeah, but they weren't crisps. They were like what? What do you call them? Maize? Is that what they're called? Um, Ooh. when does a crisp become a maize? Yeah, yeah. Well, I suppose <laughs> when it's not flat, it's not a crisp. Um, but yeah, ghosties were outrageous. Banshee bones were brilliant. Hot lips. Hot lips were amazing. Yeah, hot lips are good. Um, meanies are still going. Meanies are quality. Yeah, I'm thinking meanies? of skips. For some reason when you said hot lips, I started thinking of skips. And then no, I started hot thinking... lips. Hot lips were like. Um, oh yeah, I know. I know the ones. They were. It's just a spicy flavour. They, they were really good. But I still maintain that the best ever to put on a crisp. To put on, and I'm going back to this. I'm sorry, Conan. But the best thing to put on on bread uh, with butter was a pack of crisps called um, Crunchos, which were hot dog flavour. And they were, they looked like branches <laughs> off trees. That's the only way I can explain it. And you just, want, you just want a sausage in the middle. You just want a hot dog. Like, you should just have the hot dog and then have. No, no, these are lovely. These are lovely. Just, uh, uh, you know, um, a roll, loads of butter, tro- lash the whole packer on, and it was it was all good. Um, but uh, same boy in the 65 says he's hungry now. <laughs> so um, yeah, this is what happens. This is what happens. Um, Gav, can you ask Colin about Carney? Chuck, Chuck, Chuck Why won't he sign a new contract? And is he any good? Yeah, he's brilliant. He's um, he's just turned eighteen. Uh, he's he's, he's class. Uh, and this sort of goes back to the confidence thing I was telling you about. And I used the Ollie Watkins example because Villa fans love him. He's come through the academy. He's tall. He's strong. He won the FA Youth Cup. Um, and he's he's a great player. Like he, he was in the team. He came into the team at the end of last year. Got a few chances this year. Um, he's been thrown into games now, like you know when it matters. Like he, he came on against United, uh, helped change the game. Like he, like, I know Coutinho was the big influence, but Chuck Wemmega came on as well, and he uh, he had a big role he played in the first goal. Um, no, he's very good, and like the, the thing is, I'm talking about the confidence. Gerard has now given him a bit of tough love. Like he, he's actually I see a few comments in the media from Gerard sort of putting the pressure on him a bit now to sign that contract. Mm. I think the reason he's not signing the contract is because he's he's so highly thought of. He's sought after by a lot of people. Um, Do you expect him to sign a contract? I don't think so now at this stage. Like, I, I think it's a strange one because like he's pro- his head's probably turned by bigger uh, clubs that, and clubs that are doing better than Villa at the minute, but you have a better chance of breaking through at Villa, like you know, especially in that midfield area. Like it's it, there's a there's a place there for him. They mm. go and take it. I know, I know um, the name. I know the name has come up because I know Liverpool have been linked with him. Um, I haven't seen much of him. I haven't seen. Yeah, it'd be play. be an interesting one. Like with Liverpool's system, like he'd obviously have to play in the middle three, which he hasn't done for Villa. He's always played sort of in the number ten role. Um, he's always been an attacking midfield role. So I don't know. Where he would fit in with Liverpool now, he is athletic, and so maybe Klopp could use him as like he's always looking for that playmaker from that role as well. Although 
Harvey Elliott can do that too. Mm. <laughs> um, yeah, look, he's, he's going to be classy. He is brilliant already, but um, I think Gerard's starting to. It's, it's it's just exactly what he's brought to the club now. He's just that sort of like, well, if you do, if you don't want me, fine. Like you know, I'm I'm good enough to 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 go out my own and stand at my own. Like you know, so Villa fans aren't as beholden to anybody as much anymore. Although I do hope he signs a bloody contract. Yeah, and I suppose like you said, a bit of tough love from Gerard. Gerard's probably turning on Sina Grant, but if you don't, fuck you. You know, exactly. I mean, can't get someone yeah. else to play. Whereas whereas managers beforehand would have been kind of. Laying down in front of him, hoping that he signs it and, and probably promising them things that, you know, probably weren't true. You know, throwing extra stuff. And Dicko says, here's one for you. Breaking news, Hodgson set for Wofford. A fucking hell. It's like, like can nobody let that poor man just retire in peace. Well, he keeps coming back. He's obviously, someone's rang him. I suppose it would only be a six-week job as well, like, you know, once he's once he gets sacked. <laughs> yeah, well, Watford it is. You know, <laughs> yeah. you, a lot of people have longer holidays than fucking the manager that has the job at Watford. When's Frank Lampard going to realise that he's not going to get a job as big as Chelsea again? Like, he, he needs to he needs to take the Watford job. Like that's, isn't, he that's, linked, isn't he linked with Everton? isn't the agent, Kia, whatever his name is... Um, isn't he involved with everything some way and he's pushing a manager on everything at the moment then? I'm I'm convinced that um Everton are just linking him as a way of like <laughs> drumming up interest in the job. Like there's no yeah. way they would give it to Lampard and not give it to Rooney, for example. Like why would you not just how, give it to Rooney if you're gonna give it to Lampard? How big a trouble do you think Everton are in? I didn't realise they're only four points off. Like I know Newcastle and Norway. Have you seen the next six games? No, what are they? Right, so they have um they have a cup game at home to Brentford. In the FA Cup, I was just showing, I was showing one of the lads here, um, or a couple of lads here earlier. I get a few now. Um, um, so they play Brentford in the Cup, right? Well, listen to this. Right, so the next six, sorry, the next five league games after the Cup game Newcastle away, Leeds at home, Southampton away, Man City at home, Tottenham away. Jesus Christ. There's so man. many problems in that for me. There's just so many <laughs> problems in that for me. With Duncan um, Ferguson telling them to just try harder the whole time as well. Yeah, yeah. And Duncan Ferguson sitting there trying to tell people that, look, they look for the best managers in the world, and I'm sure they'll go and find that. Um, the last, they got a top-class manager, Ancelotti, who liked that first chance he got, and they brought in Benitez, who they should have stuck by regardless, and they got rid of him. It was, where did he go? Um, but, yeah, Hodgson, Hodgson to Wofford. That could be, um, that could be so oh, there, there, there's a lot. I'm not saying it's the same, and I think Villa were a bit more in free fall at the time. But there's a lot of similarities between Everton at the minute and Villa in 2016 when they got relegated. Like the, Villa had a better side than what what should have got relegated, but it was a pile of inflated wages and inflated egos, and didn't really work. Nobody gave a shit. They spent stupid money. The Everton spent more stupid money, in fairness. But then Villa <laughs> they went from Tim Sherwood and then got rid of him brought in a caretaker and then brought in Remy Gard mm. who didn't last like got brought in a caretaker to oversee the relegation and now I'm seeing Everton talking about Vitor Pereira yeah you know, well, like, apparently Vitor Pereira is linked to I never know how to say the fella's second name Kia jo, what's the, the the agent you know the, the agent, agent you're talking about yeah Kia Jobakin or whatever his name I can never say a second name so um, if someone wants to write that out probably in the chat me as how to say it but um, apparently he's his agent 
and or or he's linked with him in some way and he that's why that name is being thrown in there but who takes the job because no matter who goes in there they're backed right and the funny thing is Benitez might have done them a favour by getting rid of Marcel Brantz because Brantz was signing all these players and then the manager was taking them but who goes in there because trust me uh, Juraption Juraption says Emma Cavanaugh I remember that Juraption because I just always look at the second name and go oh, it's not even talking about him I can't be arsed with his name um, <laughs> but Juraption right is meant to be involved there and he's meant to be getting this fella and he's pushing them on everything. But anyone in their right mind goes in there and goes, right, they might back me with money. Although the wages, the income is, or to turn over something like 89 or 90% at the moment, yeah. which is hamstringing them big. That's why they sold Dinya to get those two fullbacks in to level the, the books really, right? And Mishiri is saying, we're committing the, the 100 million loan you gave to Everton and um, we're actually turning that into, um, you know, money now we're, we're putting her into the club but that all that does is all that does is reduce your your percentage and it's not going to reduce it enough to, to make you comfortable you know the sort of way that 100 million loan goes this year and then next year you're still back to earning less money and you can't spend and if, if I'm a manager going there I'm thinking to myself I might have the first five really good like Benitez did and I might go on a six or seven game stretch where we know the squad isn't good enough and we lose four out of six and they just go fucking mental like yeah it's a mad one it's an absolute mad one and it's not only the fact that the, the fans are just completely mental right it's the fact that i don't know who's running that club like bill kenry is wandering around gladys street after this fucking after most games and no he doesn't know what to be saying to people he looks like he's like he's just wandering around with his pie in the sky stuff everyone's shouting at him and he's looking at them going doesn't even realise the game's gone on. You know the sort of way. It's it's mad. Yeah. It's a mental situation. I think they're in huge, huge trouble. I really do. Hannah I, alone I, agrees. I, she says they're in actually in serious trouble. I didn't realise how bad it was. They are. And like, you know, a big part of it is because I think Newcastle will get their act together to some degree and Norwich will make a fist of it. And we didn't think that would happen as well. Like they're, they're, Once Everton are dragged into it, which they are now, yeah. then then it's it's big trouble. Like they'll, they, they have to start looking over their shoulders and um, like they're they're not good. <laughs> they're not a good team. Nobody has a clue what they're doing. There's no spirit there. Like like I'm saying, like you're, you're we're talking about the wages and the like. You said about the hundred million that in Everton land that would get you three Awobies. Like that's how far that hundred million goes. Like you know. <laughs> you yeah. Know? Well, Alakunle double oh seven says if you provide a hundred million equity, then they'd be able to spend um as that's a hundred million of the debt wiped. Yeah, that's fine, right? But what happens is you wipe that, okay, which brings you under. It's it's about turnover, right? So if you bring that in and that's part of your turnover, for this year, that's absolutely fine. But next year, you still have all these players on huge amounts of money and your turnover, unless you're putting another 100 million in just to balance it, doesn't work. Fab Mishiri has spent five to 600 million quid on everything. Five or 600 million quid on everything, right? And and we're we're sitting here going, they're in deep shit. They are in they are one defeat against New Look, if Newcastle were to beat them and Watford and Norwich say for argument's sake, but to get a result, they are right up against it. And the biggest problem, they'd actually be better off hoping that another wave of COVID comes and they close the stadiums to, to supporters. Because that place yeah. will be feral 
um, every single week if that was to go on. It's all very well him saying, oh, we've 100 million and we've, we've made it equity. That's great. But all it's doing, all it's doing is basically trying to sweeten the deal for a manager coming in. But that manager will quickly realise that in the summer or next January they go, well, that 100 million is actually from last year and now we're still only taking the next amount and we're still paying these players. So where do we go? It's it's absolutely insane. But this is what I mean. Like, you know, 100 million to another team like would be good to, to another team apart from United and apart from Everton. Like, when you're spending almost 30 million on Alex Iwobi, like 100 million doesn't go very far. 40 million on Alex Iwobi, wasn't it? For, like, Jesus fucking Christ. And, and then the wages that you're talking about, like, the it's such a mess of a cleanup job. You're right to say who would take it because... It, like there's so much rotten fruit lying around the changing room, but you can't even get rid of it. You can't even sweep it out the changing room unless you're going to write it off without a hundred million. But the, but the thing is that they're coming out with statements, right? Fab Machinery is coming out with statements, right? And you know, the the, the popular opinion there was to put um, Duncan Ferguson in, right? Because that's just a popular thing. All we know is the club. Who gives a fuck? I know a lot about Liverpool, but they're not giving me the fucking job tomorrow if Jurgen yeah. Klopp decides to take a year off and you haven't found a replacement, right? And they're making all these statements and he just seems to be going, Mishiri just seems to be going on and on and on from the next thing to the next and the fans go mental and he reacts and then he says, oh, look, I'm putting this money in and they'd be better off bringing in whatever manager they want and just literally making a statement going, listen, this fucking squad isn't good enough. This is going to take three years before we even have a chance of looking at top half of the Premier League. We're putting it out there right now. Right? This is what we plan to do. The squad isn't fucking good enough and just deal with it. Right? So if we yeah. lose four in a row, deal with it. If we win six in a row, don't get too high and start ringing your fucking Liverpool supporting friends saying, telling them you're back. <laughs> Stop doing stuff like that. And that, But they won't do it. They won't do it. And, and it's because they still live in this mad world right? where they're a huge club and they deserve the, the, the standards should be the best. Right? Yes, standards probably should be the best, but they're nowhere near. They're nowhere yeah. near where they should be. It's a bit like when Liverpool, you know, um, probably in the years 98, 99, people thought they could win this, they could win that. They couldn't win anything. You know, it took Hulier to come in and go, listen, these are all pricks. Um, this is what you need to do. And he done it. And he, people didn't like it. People didn't like the style, but he got results. You know, and every season you'd be going in, and I was the same. You go in every season, and go this would be our year. But you could see once a f- one fault went, it was gone. You know what I mean? Yeah. But if you look at and and the funny thing is, everything a lot of it, what everything do is is dictated by what Liverpool do. Liverpool do something, everything have to do something. You know, it's like oh look at them over there, right? But the gas thing is when Jurgen Klopp comes in, what does he say? He says, "Yeah, this club, forget about what's happened in the past. We need to look, to f- stop thinking." about how you were in the 70s and 80s, right? We are here at the moment. This is what we need to do. We need to start believing in ourselves and not just doubters to believers. What he meant, what he actually, I think he means by that is they, Liverpool always thought they were a big club and they were a big club. But for me, Klopp came in and went, listen, you're not as good as him, him and him. Simple as that. Now we need to get to that, but it's going to take time. And he just said it. He just said it. And yeah. people just went, do you know what? Let's go with it. 
And you have to remember, in Klopp's fourth season, he bins the fucking Champions League qualification for the Europa League, which he ends up losing. And what do the fans say? Fair enough. It was worth the fucking risk. We go again. And it gets better and better and better. But it, it needs so much... Um, it needs so much confidence in what a man is doing and patience and everything refused to have it. It's a bit like Manchester United when they say, oh, you know, um, we're signing players and, we, you know, for, if we look at us in three and four years' time, you don't give a fuck about three or four years' time. You despise the fact that you have to look three or four years down the line. You want it done yesterday. And that's where United tell lies to themselves as well. But th- I'm being honest with you, Colin, I'm mad, mad stuff. And I don't know who takes it. And when they do take it, God love them. God love them because I think it's a yeah. fucking horrendous job. Hundred percent. I wouldn't. I wouldn't go near it. Like you know, I would. I wouldn't even wish it on Frank Lampard. That's <laughs> that's how bad the job it is. But do you know what Klopp did as well? Klopp came in and do you remember the whole mess around Liverpool just before that? Like the the arguments about the transfer committee mm. and like you know people weren't sure of who were signing and what what way it was happening. Klopp came in and just got along with them. He had that confidence. He had that ability to bring people together. Mm. Said I have no problem with that. If that's how it works, great. But before. That was a thing that was sort of held against Liverpool. Like, you know, how how can this be that you have a transfer committee and you have a manager? Yeah, but, came the, in? But, yeah, yeah, but what happened there was, what happened there was they put a name on it. Every club has a transfer committee. Every one of them. If, yeah. you, think one fella, if you think one fella is sitting at a club deciding what's going on, you're fucking mad, right? Yeah. So, so they always have a couple. So it would be the manager, the assistant, it could be the head scout, it could be the director of football, whatever it is. They all sit and have meetings about players. But Liverpool put a name on it, right? And when Klopp comes in, he says... Well, yeah, they have a transfer committee, but we won't be discussing that anymore. You know, yeah. and basically said, yeah, exactly, he basically yeah. said, we'll continue doing it because the funny thing is, Michael Edwards, Michael Edwards, who's left, who's leaving Liverpool, he was involved in all this, and he's still fucking there, exactly. and and they want to build st- statues of him, right? Yeah, and the funny, but but Klopp just went, why are we even talking about that? It's no one's fucking business. We make signings, yeah. and yeah, there might be four or five people that uh, thing, but we won't be coming out going, here's our new signing, and here's the five lads that sat in the room last week and talked yeah. about them. Won't happen. Because, like you said, he had the confidence to go, well, yeah, we'll have a look at what way they're doing that, and if it's good, great, but we're not putting the name in it. If it's not good, I'll fucking yeah. tell you. you know? But you look at the difference then, like right now then, with Everton, like, I, I honestly, how does any, like, this is, this is a Premier League football club, but right? imagine how high up a business this is in the world. And there's no, there's, there's such little joined up thinking that when one manager wants to get rid of Lucadinha, that's just, that's just approved. It's, it's just gone straight through. And nobody in this whole business had a thought like, actually, hang on, we're going to sack him in two days' time. Could, you know, maybe we should pump the brakes on that and get a second opinion. Just like, poof, out the door. Maybe you're right. Maybe they needed a bit of extra cash. But like, crazy that like they just let a big asset like that they should have been getting more money from him he's a good player anyway and they just let him go because one manager they were going to get rid of within a week wanted rid of him and that was it but there's no but like you said there's no joined up thinking because if you remember right he they're on a bad run right and there's calls for Benitez head I think it might be after the Liverpool game where Liverpool just when I say swatted them aside at Goodison right um like swatted them aside, it could have been any score, right? And there was calls on them, and they were like, "No, we we absolutely back Rafa Benitez." And before you know, Marcel Brands is out the door, right? He's gone, right? There's talk that he's going to get rid of Duncan Ferguson, right? He sells Luca Dean, which is which is grand, right? That's that's them backing him. They go and lose a couple more games, right? And there's a fella in the stand at Carroll Road saying, "Rap Benitez, get out of our club or whatever, time to go, whatever the fuck they they put on with." Um, mask and tape or whatever it was right 
And and all of a sudden he sacked. So you're sitting there now, after, like you said, after selling your left back, who's probably in the top three players you have with that, yeah. with Calvert Leon and Richard, maybe Decorey is good as well, right? So you've you've got rid of your director of football. You you've you've stored up relations probably with with Duncan Ferguson. You've got rid of your left back. You've been telling people ten days ago that you're absolutely backing. Rafa Benitez and what he's trying to do and then you sack him and this is all because the fans want him gone so yeah. there's no there's no strength in the, any of the thinking you know like uh, and again just take reactionary. the t- t- take the joined up thinking angle even further you have Duncan Ferguson then coming out and I shouldn't be putting any credence into what Duncan Ferguson says but he's coming out this week then saying they know now what it means to play for Everton and it's like you couldn't have fucking told them that when you were assistant manager the whole time with Benitez or when yeah. you were with Carlo Ancelotti. Like, yeah, you Duncan have Ferguson been, is definitely sitting there saying to the squad, I know a secret, but I'm not telling you. Yeah. And then when Benitez goes, says, look, the secret is, this is what it means to play for Everton. Like, these are the same These are the same people he's talking about that when they sign for Everton, they're going, what a great club and it means so much to me to play for Everton. But when we have a bad results... It's oh now do you know how what it feels like to play for Everton? What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> like genuinely, what the fuck are you talking about? And and you see this the funny thing is, right? I don't blame Duncan Ferguson for saying this stuff because Duncan Ferguson knows if he says this, the vast majority of Everton fans will look and go, see, see, Duncan Ferguson's yeah. only there forty eight hours and the players are under no fucking illusions as to what it's like to play for Everton Club. Yeah. But he's sitting with Benitez for the last six months and he's not saying nothing to them. You know, he's literally sitting there smirking, going, oh, I should really tell these it means a lot to play for Everton because they're obviously all fucking brain dead. So I just won't see anything to them and I'll be able to tell them when Benitez goes. You know, mad stuff like it's, yeah. it's fucking mental. Um, I, I, I'd argue that actually they know full well what it's like to play for Everton. Like, you know, Everton right now is what it's like to play for Everton. Like, that's they, they know better than anybody, just in free fall, mess, fans going crazy. As you say, Bill Kenwright walking around not knowing what he's doing. That's what it's like to play for Everton. Those players Bill, know well. Bill Kenwright came out of the ground the other day, and i seen a video, right? And there's a group of people, police are between them, and they're talking. And in fairness, the people are saying, shouting at him. A few of them are shouting, but the guys at the front are trying to talk to them. And Bill Kenwright is literally standing there, right? And he's looking beyond these people that are talking, but this kind of half, not grin on his face because he's not laughing, Jesus, but yeah. real kind of like, um, you know, I don't even know the word. He, he, he's trying to be very cordial to them with the, with his facial expression, but, but there's no reaction off him. He's just standing there because what the fuck is Bill Kenroy going to say? Bill Kenroy is now there, right? And he's not having that, no fucking say over what's going on. I'm sure he's walking around going, the fans are giving out. Right, sack him. Right, okay. Bring Duncan in. Dun- Dunk comes in and says, oh, everything, we need to do this. And the fans go, yay. And Mishiri goes, that's fucking brilliant. Um, look, we're back on track, right? And then an agent yeah. comes along and went, listen, I have a manager over here. And they go, oh, yeah, yeah, we take him. And they go and do that, right? And I guarantee you, they'll all convince themselves that this fella's great. And then, right, then when it happens, right, and something goes wrong, they'll be like, well, get out of our club. So they're actually giving out. They want to be need test sacked, which they got. They want the Ferguson in which they got. And at the same time, they're shouting at these people to get out of their club. Who are they shouting at? If, if I have Mishiri walked right in that football club, the football club is gone. You know, Gav, remember to mention the new lump of concrete everything they're building. Mate, it's one of the funniest um, social media posts I've seen in ages where they went, the new superstructure is underway. And it was literally a fucking two foot by two foot. <laughs> 
concrete beam that was in the ground and went about eight foot in the air. And that's all you could see. You know, where <laughs> Liverpool go... And, and Liverpool they say, Duncan Ferguson. the Anfield Road end is coming on when you look and there's steel everywhere and there's fucking stairs and there's and you go Jay is that flying with that this genuinely go back and look at everything on social media it's literally a lump of concrete it's it's like two foot by two foot I'd say and it goes about 12 foot in the air and behind it you can see you know like um, concrete slabbed walls you know like the walls you see where the concrete slabs sit on top of each other like this yeah. and meet and you can see them in the and that's it. And a bit of steel coming out of the slab that you can see in front. It's fucking mad stuff. Mad stuff. And and these are mm-hmm. and and people are going, This is it, the everything. Well, we'd be the we'd be the real team in the city because we'd be down on the docks and all and going, Would you ever fucking stop? There's more chance of you floating off the Irish Sea in that fucking thing. <laughs> you know what I mean? And you know, and they're not even building it. The council are fucking building it. You know the sort of way it's but it's it's mad. But Kenroy doesn't know what's going on. They want they keep shouting Kenroy and Co, it's time to go. Who's on Co? Because is it the owner? Because if the owner goes, what the fuck are you doing? Are you running it? Yeah. It's it's absolutely mental, uh, Colin. It really is. Like It's just mad. I don't know how we've gone on to this at this hour of the night, but it's just fucking <laughs> well, insane. I was just thinking, we didn't get on to returns, really, but like if I was Rooney, like what a... I would never want to go to that job right now. Like you know, That would just... wouldn't tarnish his legacy. Like He's probably already did that by going to United so early, but like, well, it's, it's just... Wait, like, like you'll have a better chance at an Everton job in a few years' time. Like, don't, don't go there now. Like, don't, don't go from Derby and the financial ruin that they're in to Everton and the fucking ruin that they're in. Just like it's, it's just not appealing, and it can hold out, and he'll get offered a job in a few years' time. Well, the thing, like, um, Owen Borg says, Big Dunk rang every pub around Goodison before the Villa game and told yeah, him that the fourth round was on him. That's not a true story. That's a true story, yeah. Because one of the pubs, um, one of the pubs put out a thank you to him, and then uh, uh, reports that all the other pubs around Goodison did it as well. Like, just, so what? you just said, anyone that comes in the pub, buy them a drink. The, the, uh, their first drink was on was on Dunk. Like maybe maybe he knew it was a half twelve kickoff, so he might have been lucky enough. But <laughs> it was a, it cost him forty quid. Like, <laughs> yeah, he wasn't going to do it for a five thirty Um Johnny Barretta would be bloody freezing on match days at Everton New Ground. Um, uh, look, it looks a brilliant stadium. Don't get me wrong, but what what state are you going into it? You know, because I, I know the council have a big thing to do with this. Now, in fairness, um, Shawnee was telling me something. There's something along. There's something up at that's not up at the stadium, but up at the way it's funded and stuff like that. So I'll have to go and ask them um, exactly what's going on before I comment on that. Because um, all I know is that I've just seen one big concrete pillar and they're calling it superstructure. You know, it's literally like fucking. You know, I could genuinely get me two-year-old to build you a Lego thing as high as this, and we could call it a superstructure. That's how mad it was. Um, but Rooney, Rooney's doing a brilliant job at Derby. Like I think they lost against, they lost in the um, the the Derby, they lost the Derby game against Nottingham Forest at the weekend. But I was looking last week without that twenty-one point deduction, they'd be five points out of the playoffs. Yeah, and he's lost certain players now. I think the takeover there looks like I might be going through. But why would he go there? Like, not even for, not even if you said it was a free hit and look, if it doesn't work out, you probably get a job in the championship and back to where you were and you could build up again. But just a ball ache for all. Like, Rooney's the sort of fella that'd be standing there and some knobhead behind him. It'll be shouting at him and shouting at Bill Conroy, at Kenroy, and Rooney just turn around and give him a slap. You're you know? so right. <laughs> and, then, and then when he gives him a slap, it'd be like, what the fuck do we do now? Because, yeah. you know, 
and everyone, get, everyone will get confused then as to what to do. Do you know what I mean? He, uh, I just, I just don't know. Someone will take it. Um, I think they will end up with a, with a coach, a little bit of an unknown that may be out of a job in Europe somewhere and comes in. But like, but but genuinely, all he, I swear to God, if they if they bring someone in like that and they lose a fucking, if they lose one game. If they lost one nil away to Man City or one nil at home to Man City, whenever whatever way it is, they'd be literally these fuckers would be telling you, okay, him out, he doesn't understand the club. Do you know what I mean? Isn't the biggest problem The biggest problem is people are people in there the people are biggest problem is people that understand that club. That's the problem. They understand that and they keep going and doing the same fucking thing. You need someone to come in and go, I know nothing about this club. All I know is we're 16th and we're 15th in the Premier League. We've all these fucking players paying them way too much money and it just doesn't work. Now, we're doing it a different way. Fuck off. You know the sort of way. But they won't do it because they're all mental and the the owner just keeps reacting to everything that's being said. It's it's the biggest... uh bollocks in football like he, he knows the club like United have fallen in that trap as well United are the same as Everton when they had a higher place to fall from like sort of they're, they're in a bit better shape than Everton are at the minute but like this he knows the club like what Klopp didn't know Liverpool when he came in no. you know, Pep Guardiola didn't know uh, Man City when he came in like it's, it, he knows the club is like he knows how he manages the only question you should be asking like, and like, the way you're talking there about Everton isn't it so sad like you're saying Someone will take it. <laughs> it's almost like it's almost like you know you could be writing in a thing to Jim uh, will fix it and reading out like you know why Everton deserve a manager like Everton are a great club with great fans and they've got a great location and if you can help Everton if you can come along and manage this club then you'd be doing them a big favor like someone someone should take that job isn't that the worst thing you could say about them? I'll tell you what I do. If I was anybody about to take that job, right? I would say to the, I would say to Everton, I'm taking the job. I, I'm, I'm willing to sign a contract on the job under one set, under one. Um, I want there's one rule, and they go, what is it? And um, one condition, and they go, what is it? I said, I'm going to write a statement, and I'm going to publicly put it out there as to what I want to do with Everton Football Club, right? And I'm going to tell any Everton fan that has an issue with that to turn up at Everton Football Club tomorrow at ten a.m. Right, and what I'm going to tell them is, I know nothing about your football club, apart from what I'm looking at. Right, it's not good. The whole idea of this, do it this way and do it that way, clearly does not work, and it's going to take X amount of time, and you're going to need to shut your mouth for fucking two or three years and grin and bear it, regardless of how bad it gets or good it gets. And I'm confident we come out on the other side of it. And if you've an issue, I'll see you at Goodison Park tomorrow at ten a.m. And if one fella turns up, you go. Right, Grant, they're going along with this. And if 10,000 turn up, you go, well, I'm not taking the job because they clearly don't want to go in any other direction than, you know, uh, let's be completely overreactive to everything. And if we lose a couple of games, we want everyone fucking out. And at the same time, we want to be as steady and as successful as the lads a couple of hundred yards across the road or the guys 15, 20 miles up the road the other direction and leave them to it. Leave them to it because they're going to, they're going to kill themselves internally. Because of what they think they are and what they, the way they should go on. And it, it takes clubs time to just turn and go, listen, this isn't right. You have to fucking just make a clean sweep and go, forget all the the, the Everton way or this way or that way. And it's not just Everton, it's other clubs. You clearly have to take, um, you clearly have to just take a different step in a different direction. Or else it's just, it's like that thing, isn't it? Keep doing the same thing. Um 
definition of insanity and look for different results yeah it's it's yeah. it's ridiculous <laughs> that's uh like i see bonkers lfc saying about Oli at the wheel like there's not really something that we, not that we need it anymore oh uh, I, I i need I, I said that from the very start they go for him but but like but nobody would even talk about him nobody would even think about him like that that really sums it all up not that we ever needed that qualification or validation about Solskjaer and his credentials for united but i haven't like i haven't even heard him for the watford job you know it's not going to be mentioned like it's just <laughs> it's only uh, Gunnar Solskjaer <laughs> yeah and and but but I wouldn't I wouldn't put a pass on the go for put, put for everything <laughs> to go for that because I genuinely think they would turn and go he's been at United look how big United are he could bring some of that to Everton and even if he had all the insight on Manchester United and he probably has for the last 30 years he'd turn up at Everton he'd say we need to do this this and this and people go it's not the fucking Everton way what are you talking about and then he'd go <laughs> yeah but it's really good, like it's 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 good that they go, No, it's not our fucking way of doing it. Fuck off. And and then they go, All right, we do it your way then and they go, Yeah, we will do it our way and then six weeks later they haven't won a game and it's like, get him out, doesn't know the fucking club. That's how yeah. it works. That's how it works. It, over and over it, and over again. Still- if Phil Neville wasn't doing as disastrously as he's doing out in America, like he'd definitely get it as well. He knows the club. Like, you know, um maybe Solskjaer would be a good fit because he's he's shown that he's able to take United down and now you can do the same with everyone. Yeah, it's it's just insane, but like we've gone completely off topic. Um we haven't talked about many bad decisions. We haven't talked about many uh, returns to clubs. We have talked about crisps. Um Conan has upset most of the chat by saying you shouldn't put crisps <laughs> on bread, which is fucking outrageous. Like, it, I don't know what the fuck. I don't know how we ask him on here again, I, to be honest. I respect bread and I respect crisps too much to put them together. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> all right. Um, but look, it's it's been a great chat. Have you enjoyed it? That's been good crack. Yeah, it's been good yeah. crack. We must do it again on another Monday night and we try away. Can we add our onto the list next time? Like it's, it's been great, like sort of having a good dig at uh, Everton and who do you want to add to the list next? Just Arsenal. Just like I just like having a laugh oh, at Arsenal every so often. You should have said yeah. it to me earlier. I love talking about Arsenal. Oh yeah, like that's it. That's what I but like we can do it anytime, don't worry. Well, like, come on, what, what, what's run. what's your biggest what's your biggest boat bearer with Arsenal? Uh I think I think I think only an Arsenal player would send out an apology statement after getting sent off in the 90th minute of a League Cup match that they were already 2-0 down. Yeah, that they flew him back, <laughs> think that's that flew him back for. Like, the, he's literally got Bro, knocked out of the African nation the day before. came back from Africa. Like, I yeah. would just be like, fuck off. I came back. I've literally come from fucking Africa. Yeah. Like, where, where was Mikel Arteta's apology? Like, he mm. should be apologizing for flying somebody back from Africa to play. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's so much to... Um, it's 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 a brilliant case study, Arsenal, and loads of people like uh, Emic says, "Don't start Gavin Arsenal." I've said it loads of times. They in, they always interest me. They always have because growing up in the mid eighties, um, or supporting Liverpool since the mid eighties, Arsenal and United were the two clubs that, and Everton, I suppose, from very early on. But Arsenal and United were the two that you always kind of looked at and went, "Yeah, massive clubs, um, do things the right way," and. For that reason, I suppose Arsenal are ones that I just kind of look at and go, what's going on there? But uh, <laughs> I'll tell you something, they're, they're fucking insane. Um, they're absolutely <laughs> insane. I, there's no other word for them. The, the carry on out of them. I am, for the fan base, media and former players and journals linked to Arsenal, the, the carry on out of them over the last two weeks has been nothing so, short of comical. And um I've said it loads of times on, on Tripper shows and loads, and I'll say it again tonight, 
Liverpool were so transparent in what and on, on what the protocols they followed and were absolutely bashed from pillar to post. And Arsenal literally didn't want to turn up for a game last Sunday. And it was all okay. And then four days later put out their full team. Um and then and then brought on the one player that they were missing, they brought him on because he'd got him back from Africa. Um yeah. so it's absolutely insane. Um, at Arsenal and <laughs> that, that one player didn't miss any Premier League games uh, because he got put out of the African Cup of Nations came back and gets sent off and all he does miss a Premier League game <laughs> yeah, yeah it's unbelievable but uh, do you know what I'll get you all another Monday night we might touch on Arsenal and we'll touch more yeah, on definitely. Villa because we've touched on Villa a bit we haven't touched on Liverpool loads but um, we've definitely touched on Villa we've touched on everything we've touched on um, loads of different bits I think tonight in fairness to us we've done well give me warning next time if you're going to talk about Henri and the handball like, Jesus oh, 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 sorry Sorry, you know, I tried to fucking lighten the mood down by going on to crisps and you lost the plot. You know what I mean? <laughs> you made it worse. You know what I mean? Here, I'll tell so. you what, just before we finish, I've come back from Spain and uh, do you ever have Lay's crisps in Spain? Yeah, yeah. Oh my Christ, they're amazing. Like, and I wouldn't, like, I wouldn't dare put them with bread. I look like they're too good. They have to be taken on their own. But, um, there's only certain lovely. crisps you can put with bread. Um, but you can go, you can go for anything, but there's only a certain few that you could, you can go with bread, like. But Leia's crisps, yeah, they're 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 massive in Spain. They're the main lads in Spain. But um, I probably would have a go with crisps, yeah. We'll turn them on bread. So, you wouldn't. Yeah, for salt, what was your favorite flavor when you were over there? Uh, I went for the the cheese and onion type flavor. I don't know think it's called cheese and onion, but it's the it's no. the blue packet. Yeah, or the green packet, maybe. Yeah, and and you see, that's the thing. In my opinion, um, salt and vinegar should be in a blue packet. It has to be a light blue though, because I always thought blue was ready salted. Although red could be ready salted as well. I think red is ready salted. Yeah, I, I, blue, I would agree. I think with blue that. was salt and vinegar. Um, what's what are the flavors? Cheese and onion. Green cheese and onion, and then Green you have to have a brown. Onion. Yeah, you have to have a brown then for your roast beef type of crisp or smoky bacon. Oh, see, this is where it, you know, smoky bacon has to be sort of pink, doesn't it? No, we go for a brown. Um, I I do remember Worcester sauce flavor crisps in a brown packet. That's purple, wasn't it? Yeah, I I I had a feeling they were brown. Um, Lay's are just the Spanish walkers. Apparently, ah. says Hannah and Emma. So you, you see, you would never buy walkers, but like you would buy Lay's something something exotic about it, continental. Mm. Yeah. Um, Venlo have lost two on the bounce Gav uh, Sazon Book of course yeah we have teams that we've picked for this season on Man on Football Show Venlo aren't doing great Elgin aren't doing great um, not many of them are doing great to be perfectly honest with you Napoli hammered San Laterna the other night um, so they're flying but we will give you an update on all our, our teams next Monday we won't be with you on this Thursday we will definitely be with you the following Thursday though. Um, the rest of the week we've a draft tomorrow about Liverpool in the League Cup we have a midweek fix slash transfer show on Wednesday. We're off on Thursday. The sports uh, unplugged on Friday, and I'll be with you every day at two o'clock in the afternoon with the cop update. Conan, the Villa podcast. Um, it's probably my favorite podcast outside of listening to Liverpool stuff <laughs> and true crime. I'm going to be honest with you. Um, it's it's neck and neck with some mad album in America gone bananas. Um, you know, in 2017 when I listened to these podcasts, but um, the Philip podcast, you're still cracking on. It's quality though, isn't it? Hey, let me come uh, on that podcast. I'll, I'll talk about Arsenal. I'll give out. No, do you know what? Like we're 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 talking about like trying to. We, we've had a bit of demand, so we like we're being asked to do extra shows. So we're trying to figure out how to do that or get time to do it as well. So at the minute, the format is just us 
cracking up after a villa match basically mm. um could you not, could you not do something where your extra show is where you bring uh two fans from other f- clubs in to talk to used to about stuff around the premier league and i think so yeah or like crisps or whatever else well listen uh, on, well i'm not coming on if, if i'm gonna have three people um telling me that i can't put crisps on bread i'm, I'm not fucking kidding. <laughs> i think i'll still be on my own though no, i saw a comment yeah. there uh saying imagine you had to pay your tv license for this we were talking we were naming literally naming colors of packets of crisps <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. And, and you know what i really got into it because my brain was really walking loud going, oh what color was the fucking cheese and onion um, um but um the, do you reckon actually, pringles have it right then well no the pringles With the sour cream did you did you know pringles have sour cream and cheese and onion which is fucking like that blew my mind. Like, I mean? thought the sour cream was sort of cheese and onion taken care of. No, they've sour cream and onion, and they've cheese and onion. Yeah, yeah. But like, you, you, would you, would you really know the difference until you have them? Until you have them both, which I did recently enough. Um, Avo says, "Great show again, boys and the girls in the chat." Pete, Gavin, Conan talked all the way through it. So we just what do you want? We just go live. We'd sit here in silence, and you just can have a fucking chat. Okay, fair enough. That's that's what floats your boat. We just think, sit here naming colours that we can think of. Yeah. Oh, book says I think I'm going to start a crisp sandwich podcast. It'd be absolutely brilliant. Well, Pringles, I think, have it right when it comes to colours. I I think they do because they have the paprika one as well. Like, yeah. like you, you know a Pringle crisp by the colour. They're very sickening see... the paprika. Too many of them now. You wouldn't be going mad on too many of them. Well, you get them on a plane, though. You get the small one. And it goes yeah, but well. who's buying Here. a small one? Like Not in the shops. The plane trolleys come round. What are you getting? It's it's a simple tea, paprika Pringles, Twix. That's 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 what it has to be. Depends what, it depends what airline you're on. 15.50. You know, <laughs> well, uh, like, uh, the fo- when the trolley comes around, I've no interest in, like, you know, a bottle of dupe. But if you have any beer or anything, like, you know, I'll take one of them. <laughs> um... <laughs> Sour cream and chives as avo. Uh, I saw someone's H- Hannah Pringles are so overrated. Like that, I think that's worse oh, than the crisp sandwich. No. no, I like. I do like Pringles. Um, my son is two years old and he's realised what Pringles are, and he goes in the shop looking for them now. It's it's mass <laughs> and there's fucking mortar in the shop, and he's like he's just going mental until he gets a pack of Pringles. Um, and recently polos as well. He's just gone mad into polos. Doesn't need them. Just you know, you know, the packet of polos. The way there's that kind of um foil. Yeah, it, yeah. What yeah. you call it? It's a sil- it is a foil. It's not a foil. Yeah, is it? it's, it's foil. silver wrapper. Aluminium foil. Yeah, and he he literally just opens the top of it. <laughs> He's like a drug addict. He opens the he literally <laughs> opens the top and just Sniffing. opens it all around and just sits in the back of the car, just sniffing the top of a pack of polo <laughs> all the way home in the car. And then I catch him doing that, and he just laughs at me. And I don't know whether he's <laughs> laughing at me because he's sniffing the top of a pack of polo, or he's only two and he shouldn't really be in the back of a car with a pack of polo and. You know, very, very close to being able to put them in his mouth. So I don't know what way it's going. Um, I yeah. keep on it tomorrow. That's why he's high, to be honest. That's why he's laughing. Yeah, he's just sniffing it. He's like, um, <laughs> like it looks like he could have a paint marker up against his nose, but it's not. It's just a packet of <laughs> a packet of polo, which is um, at the moment it's not too bad. But um, we'll have to wait and see how that develops. Um, Pringles are not classed as a crisps. No, I wouldn't class them as crisps either. What? What would you class them as? Just, I don't know. I just, 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 just because it's in a tub, you're getting confused. Yeah, like it's, it's yeah. It, <laughs> if they come in a bag, <laughs> they're crisps. If they come in a tub, they're just 
I don't know, for get togethers. I don't know. <laughs> you know what I mean? Do you ever feel weird buying a packet of Pringles that when it's not like people aren't coming over to the house? No, I get, I get, I, I, I don't like buying Pringles anyway because I feel like the person in the shop is always judging me now every time I go over. I feel like she knows me as the Pringles man. Do you know if I'm buying Pringles and a pile of chocolate or something? I just, I just feel like I'm being judged every time, even though she probably couldn't give one fuck. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask this question, right? Because we used to ask this loads on on, on the trippers. I don't know if you've answered it, but Emma says, "Bring back the hell wide of a gap between two buildings." Could you jump? Question. So right, and this is the last time I'm doing it. I'll only do it for Colin. Right, so Colin, here's the question: You're in New York City. There's two buildings, both are fifty stories high. They stand side by side. You, it's a flat roof. Okay, flat roofed buildings. You have to run and jump from one building to the other. Okay. How wide of a gap do you think you could commit to that you would get over that? We will give you um we will give you a bit of wind behind you. Five miles an hour, I think we gave the people with a wind behind you, but what sort of distance do you think you could jump between the two buildings? Jesus Christ. Is is there um like am I getting docked down if I pick a small gap? Because I don't no, fancy jumping. There's no leaderboard. And I'm just doing it for the crack to, to yeah, say yeah, to you. Yeah, yeah, you're just, like, just back yourself. Like, we've had I, people saying, like, one meter, which is three feet, which is fucking pathetic. We've had, yeah. um, I think, um, Trev Downey, <laughs> Trev Downey asked what the long jump record was in, in the Olympics and then said he could do that, which was mad. And Andy Young of this parish said he could jump a certain amount, but only if there was a fire, um, a fire exit on the other building, you know, with the ladder down the side of the building and stuff like that. So he made up all she sorts of rules. So one person wanted a cape. Um, one person, um, I think it might have been um, Chris Pajak from the Redman TV. He wanted um, a slightly downhill run on the force building to jump across. So we, we gave him a gradient of X amount of degrees. But if you want that, you can have it. No, I just want a good pair of shoes and I want to be able to take off my trousers not to just jump, like look like a madman jumping okay. across buildings but yeah. i want to be as streamlined as possible okay um, so so you, if you make this you're being arrested for indecent exposure if you don't it's an embarrassing <laughs> one for your family when you're all the more reason to make it or yeah. like you know i have to make it now, okay. like all the way okay. I, like, if i don't die i'm getting arrested okay. um i have to like i used to do like with a lot of sheds out our back in Derry, so we used to like jump across sheds but when it got to any gap big and this is just a shed which is what one story yeah. It was scary. Not even a story. I tell you, I've seen stuff. <laughs> I've okay. seen stuff on okay. the you've, see, you've seen uh, stuff in Derry, uh, one story up on the back of a shed. Do you know when you would jump over sometimes where a shed was higher? Like sometimes yeah. that was good because you were jumping over then to grab onto the shed. Yeah, no, this is this is exactly exactly the same height. Um, you get like you can run the full length of the force building to jump the second onto the second one. So you have a good runner, <laughs> five to ten miles an hour of um of wind behind you to give you that bit of push. Um, Emma Cavanagh's not happy about the trousers. He says, Jesus, Colin, it's not that type of show. Um, <laughs> Pajax never cleared any gap over four foot. So come on, give me a, give me it in feet and inches. I don't want meters. I don't want to convert them. So feet and inches, yeah. good run of it. Uh, bit of wind behind you. you you've not, you're, off. you're literally, you're stark bollock naked because that's how you yeah. roll. So what are you going Put with? shoes on. Yeah, good um, pair good of shoes. What would you like? Would you like a pair of like of Asics runners, something like that? A good running shoe, yeah. Just like it's something I feel Skechers. like I'm getting. Skechers, they're bouncy. Yeah. Something they bounce me off, like yeah. I, look, 
I think if we were on the ground, I would say, right, I'll, I'll give six foot a stab, but I think in the interest of a building in New York, trouserless, I'm going to go five foot. <laughs> five foot? Okay. And, and the biggest, the biggest, the biggest reason you've changed that is because it's in New York, um, it's, and you're trouserless. It's nothing to do with the distance. It's just what you have on at all. And remember, you took the stuff off. Nobody made you. So if you kept your trousers on at that height, you probably would make six foot. Um, Okay, that's good. That's good. What um, did you do? Oh, I reckon I could do. S- I reckon I could do seven for. Plus. Fuck off! Yeah, we like you would do it. You you would risk seven foot. Mm. Yeah, like that's that's taller than Peter Crouch across. You want to jump the yeah. the length? Yeah. But like, why would you do it? Like, why would you even like just just take a foot off to make sure you get over? Yeah, but what's the point? That's just fucking easy. You have to. You have to <laughs> we're going to a limit here. We're not. We're not doing it for the. But crack. Like you, you could drop to your death with no trousers on. Like that's no, that's no. no. You're dropping to your death with no trousers <laughs> yeah, on. I'm no, fully clothed. Both taking your trousers you know, off. I'm, like, definitely, I'm wearing my best jeans and everything in case I die. You know, it's like that thing where women say, "Jeez, I better make sure I have like you know matching underwear on in case I'm in a car crash." Um, and some women don't drive in their pajamas in case they're in a car crash because that's how they roll. <laughs> but um. No trousers but knee pads, reckons Red Steve. Listen, if you fall, your knee pads aren't doing a fucking thing for you. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah, look, I don't know where that's gone. Um, most people listen to this but, now but, on the podcast. But it's, it's gone to you telling me you would jump over a building, not over a building, from one building to another in your jeans, seven feet. Yeah. Oh, well, I want to be well-dressed because when I do it, like, there's going to be definitely be a round of applause and people are definitely going to bring you for a drink. You know, and I presume there's some sort of etiquette as to where we're going. So, yeah, yeah, I'm good with that. I'm good with that. Um, Yeah, I think that's it. I think that's it. I think we've done well. We've done an hour and a half. Um, I've completed another randomness, but um, I absolutely loved it. Loads of football in there. Loads of random stuff in there, and that's how we roll. If you like it, subscribe. to this channel and subscribe to the Man on Football Show channel as well. We're doing we're doing it this week on the day trippers, but we'll be back on on the Man on Football Show next week. Colin, anything else before we go? Um, anything else? No, I'm just trying to think of other colours of packets of crisps before we can before we can wrap up here. Uh, no, I think I'm I think I'm running all out. I don't like hula hoops. That's I think that's, well, that's fair ridiculous. enough. That's just ridiculous. No, nah, like, like, I don't want to even the new ones. Have you tried the new ones? They're like, um, they're not hard. They're like, um, they're called Hula Hoop Puffs. They're nice. Same. No, the same flavours, but they're just. I used to enjoy, like, everybody putting the Hula Hoop between my fingers and, you know, eating them off. <laughs> oh, my God, right. Okay. <laughs> but, um, like, they're just, it's not, it's not the right textures. It's, it's sore in your gums. Have if you, if you miss, if you, no, I don't know who misses their teeth when they're trying to chew. Yeah. But if you do, you're hitting the oh, gum. Oh, yeah, and yeah, and you're hitting, yeah, you're hitting yeah. your palate and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, it's a bit much. Um, let me see. Uh, wear a flying squirrel jumpsuit, Gav. I don't need a flying. I'll be grand. Seven foot, not a bother. <laughs> not a bother to me. Um, but we've done crisps. We've done loads of other stuff. We, I was going to get on to solid Easter eggs, um, but... I won't do it. To, I won't do it to Colin this time. You're probably the sort of person that likes them. Like you, you. I could see you in your in your jeans jumping across a building with a solid Easter egg. Like, no, no, no. Just, you know, you know the argument behind the solid Easter egg, though. You know well, what I'm talking more, about. More, more chocolate. Well, I made the argument ages ago to Andy that we could we should do solid Easter eggs, and he was like, "What do you mean?" I was like, "Well, if you go down the shop and you buy a crunchy, 
you bite into a crunchy and there's all the orange yellow gear in the middle right um so we, they should make the easter eggs exactly the same as the bars so when you bite oh. into the into the egg the inside of it should be all yellow he made the point that now you could go, you want a big ball of honeycomb is what you want yeah 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 but but I was like, why don't you do it? It makes perfect sense. They'd sell loads of them. And he was like, no, because you could go into a football ground and lamp it off some fella's head. <laughs> that's, not, that's not the only reason they don't sell well, it. Well, he you said can, that and the fact that um, the fact that uh, Cabri's have definitely had meetings about this before and decided to go against it. And he reckoned if you threw one of those eggs through someone's window and hit someone and they claimed they claim off Cabri's. <laughs> and I was like, well, no. Because Cadbury's <laughs> didn't throw the egg. And he was like, yeah, but they definitely claim. I was like, well, no, because if I threw a brick through someone's window and it hit someone and hurt them, they're hardly going to fucking trace the brick as to where it came from and, you know, <laughs> charge them people. So it's, yeah. Well, here is two examples. You could bring it into a football ground and throw it off somebody's head, or you could bring it and throw it through somebody's window. Like, well, how, how did he get from a chocolate Easter egg to that? Because he was he reckoned that the, one of the reasons why the Easter egg, the Easter egg of that sort, wouldn't go ahead, was because of the safety problems around them. And he, he used football grounds and people sitting watching the telly and an egg coming through the window as um, two of his points. <laughs> so there you go. Yeah, I saw somebody saying about a giant Cadbury egg or cream egg. I, I'd be well up for that. That's the only exception I would give it. Although you'd have a lot of goo inside it, then. They, they no, well, Cadbury's cream egg wouldn't be mine though. Um, but listen, it's a, it's it's a conversation. Well, it's not even a conversation of the day. It's a conversation we've had already. But I just thought I'd bring it up, Colin. If you think this chat is mad, you should listen to Gavin Andy's random chats. Yeah, Colin, listen. I'll send you the link to a couple of our random chats. I think there's a the best Ooh. bits one, and um, you can you can read. I'll I'll, I'll WhatsApp it here, right? Um, but um, will you will you come back on again though? Because this hundred percent, yeah, 100%. this hasn't scared you off or anything. I'm going to go out now, trousers, and start jumping to see how far yeah. I could. Yeah. Seven foot is bonkers, Gav. Like, a- well, tell you what to do. I'll tell you what to do. Get a bit of chalk, right, and mark yeah. it on the ground, and then measure seven foot and mark it on the ground, right, and then take a good runner up and jump. And see how close to that seven foot you can get. Because I think the higher you are up in the air, the more you'll the, there's less oxygen up there to to pull you down. I think you'll fly more of your fifty <laughs> stories. Oxygen to get around your muscles as well. To yeah, use them. yeah, but but this is what I'm saying. You're higher up, you'll you'll fly more. That's my opinion. Yeah, right. I'll have a think about it. Yeah, let me know who you're gonna. <laughs> right, that has been the um, Man on Football Show. Um, there was a good bit of football. Um, there was a lot of random stuff, but look, that's what we like, you know. Um, and most people in the chat like it as well. Uh, thanks to Conan from the Villa Podcast for coming on. Um, as I said, we've loads of shows coming on the day trip during the week. Make sure you subscribe to us, the Villa Podcast, um, and the Man on Football Show channel, which will be coming back with a bang from next week. Uh, yeah, that's it. Over now. Sports Social Podcast Network.